0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. I am a certified dementia practitioner and the founder of Bamboo Care. So today we'll be discussing a pretty common and pretty big issue, and that is learned helplessness and excess disability within those living with dementia. So what is learned helplessness? Now, If you were to Google search learned helplessness, you're going to find some pretty charged definitions that may leave you just more confused. (laughs) When I say learned helplessness, I'm talking about it in a very literal way. That is a state in which a person has learned to become helpless. They essentially give up trying and kind of take a back seat, if you will, when it comes to trying to do things for themselves or on their own and it's a form of conditioning. Now, there are actually quite a few ways that a person can develop learned helplessness, but for this episode, I'm going to focus on what I see most often when it comes to people living with dementia, and that is over-helping, which we see most often when a person reaches around moderate or middle stages of dementia. Now, you may also hear the term excess disability, which essentially is just a greater impairment in a person's ability to do something that is not directly a result of the condition itself. And a way that excess disability can occur is through overhelping. So are you catching the theme of today's podcast? Now, why do we have a tendency to overhelp? So it could be because it's just quicker if we do it. Maybe our partner gets really frustrated if they're struggling to do something, so we step in. Maybe we make an assumption that they may not be able to do something when they actually probably could with some extra time and support. Or maybe we aren't thinking about any of that, and we just want to be helpful and supportive. And so we think the best way to do that is by doing what we think would make our partner's life easier. Helping. Essentially, we want to be helpful but sometimes we are too helpful that we are hurtful. So what is the harm in over When we overhelp, we're doing a number of things, but the two biggest things are that one, we are taking away opportunities for independence, and two, we are preventing them from using and practicing their skills. So this kind of relates back to what I talk about when I say Everything that you do for a person is something that you're taking away from them, and then also, if you don't use it, you lose it. And with dementia, occupational engagement, which is engagement in everyday tasks, and consistent practice using their skills to participate in various activities is essential. When a person isn't able to participate in their care or in various tasks throughout the day, they quickly begin to lose their skills and they decline much more quickly in their functional abilities than they would have if they were consistently engaging in meaningful activities. And they may even lose their desire to even try to participate in any of these things as well. It's almost like it becomes an expectation that someone will just do it for them, whether this is conscious or unconscious. So for example, I've had plenty of patients who could put on their shirt, okay? Maybe they needed a little cueing to orient the shirt properly, or a little help finding the armholes, but with that little bit of support, they could get their shirts on. But because they were so used to their caregiver just putting on their shirt for them, Their initial response was always to just lift their arms up in the air in anticipation of the person putting on their shirt for them. You also see learned helplessness and excess disability a lot in care facilities like nursing homes or memory care facilities because the staff essentially do everything for them. It's often an all-or-nothing approach. If they can't do all of a task, then in most cases, the staff will just do it for them. And many people regress very quickly once in a care facility for these reasons. In addition, learned helplessness and excess disability can also put the person at an increased risk for depression and anxiety, which are already common in people living with dementia. So what can we do instead? We want to be helpful, right? So how can we be most helpful and actually benefit our partner? So we first want to change our mindset from doing for to doing with. Not everything has to be done for our partner. Sometimes the best support we can offer is by doing things with our partner. This is why I prefer the term care partner because it really should be a partnership. So instead of taking over a task, consider what can I do to enable my partner to best participate in this task? How can I simplify the task? Now depending on the strengths and weaknesses of your partner, this may look a little different, right? But there are a few main ways we can offer support. We can give them two options, For example, for things that they want to wear, what they want to eat, when they want to shower, things like that. Verbal cueing. For example, saying, let's put the bra on first. Or, look for the tag on the shirt. Or, your fork is on your right side by the plate. Physical, tactile cueing. For example, tapping their left arm to signal which arm for them to bring attention to. Visual demonstration or cueing, so demonstrating the task or pointing at something. Environmental support and cueing, so removing clutter and materials maybe irrelevant to a task. Adding signs or labels or providing them with simple written instructions. Increasing the contrast, improving the lighting, adapting the task. So, for example, maybe pre-cutting things for craft activities. Getting bigger cards for card games or investing in built-up handles for like the toothbrush or utensils if you see they're having a hard time using it. Now the number one example that I can think of that some people really enjoy but their family members take away their ability to do it very quickly on is cooking. A lot of caregivers, a lot of care partners approach cooking as an all or nothing. Mom is unsafe to cook so I'm going to do the cooking for her. Dad is unsafe to cook, so I'm going to do the cooking for him. And I had one caregiver tell me that their fear of having them still participate in the parts that they could do is that when they weren't paying attention, that they would try to go ahead and do those things on their own, which is a valid concern. But that's why Supervision is so important and also dementia proofing the home, making sure that the home is safe, especially if they're going to have these brief moments where they're left unsupervised. Now I personally don't recommend that you ever leave someone, especially in the moderate stages of dementia and up, unsupervised, it's just not safe. Now supervision doesn't mean imposition, you don't have to be all up in their business and everything they do, but you do want to make sure that they are being safe. And there are also a lot of things that we can do to dementia-proof our home, especially the kitchen, to keep everyone in the household safe so we don't have things like accidental fires, our partner accidentally burning themselves or cutting themselves and things like that. And we're actually going to do a whole other episode on that, so I won't get too much into that. But I highly encourage you, if cooking is something that your partner enjoys doing, to find ways to adapt the task or to simplify the task that they can still participate. So maybe they can just help you mix the ingredients up. Maybe they can just help you get the things out of the refrigerator. Or maybe once you're done cooking, they can help you put the things away. Or maybe they can help you roll out the dough or whatever you feel like is within their strengths and abilities and that they could still help with. My rule of thumb is before you take something away from someone, first consider how can you simplify or adapt the task or environment so that they are able to participate in some way. If you can't possibly think of any way that they can safely perform or engage in some activity, then fine. If you feel it's best to take it away at that point, then okay. But sometimes I think that we're too quick to take over and over help, okay? Now I know going this route to offer your partner support may be much more time consuming for sure and takes a lot of thought, energy, and creativity, but it will help your partner maintain their skills and overall sense of well-being for so much longer, and you may even find that it improves your relationship with your partner you will begin feeling much more like a care partner and less like a caregiver, okay? So I hope this podcast was interesting and informative and that you learned something of value. If you have any comments or questions or anything you would like to share, you can send us a voice message on whatthedementia.com or send us an email at podcast at whatthedementia.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of What the Dementia by Bamboo Care. We look forward to catching you on the next episode. Take care, and until next time, stay strong, care on, and remember, you are not alone. Bamboo Care is always here.